0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: If you're looking for real-life radio, you've come to the right place.
2: This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
0: I uh, just received this email from Patty. A year ago, Roy, my daughter, and her husband were on the run from Fort McMurray. Fortunately, they were spared any loss. Yesterday, they were running again, this time out of Lack-Lahash, Uh their current job posting. Unbelievable. This should be here on the island later today. It'll be interesting to see how they're faring this time. Wish us luck. Absolutely, Patty. Wish you luck. My God. Talk about two places you don't want to be when when raging forest fires are going on. And, of course, we're back on uh, AM, uh, not in, on CKNW in Vancouver, uh, one of our great heritage radio stations in Canada, Chorus Radio, CKNW. And also uh, looking forward to... We'll we'll go to the phone lines tomorrow. We can take a lot of calls tomorrow. I want to hear from folks in British Columbia, as we had for years before. We've been gone for a while and back this weekend and back every weekend with the most politically incorrect view of the world that you can imagine, are the women we refer to as... I just thought about this. Is this misogynistic, if I call you beauties?
1: No. No. You as sure? the years go by, we love it more and more. You sure? Yeah, we do. <laughs> with every birthday that it's, passes. It's
0: not sexist or mean-spirited or... no.
1: Now, come on, we said
0: coming. politically incorrect. Martin up, Roy. Oh, no. No, I, I have to be sure You're about these things. You're
1: trying to be
0: things. politically correct here. Well, I, I have to be sure of these things. It's, <laughs> it's the pressure's on men. Uh, Catherine Swift, former CEO and president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, now working canadians.ca. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Roy. Linda Leatherdale former money editor of the Toronto Sun and vice president of Cambria, Canada, Linda independent business journalist, Ms. Leatherdale. Hello, Roy. And Michelle Simpson, who sat beside him for years, sat beside him, who was treated like a superstar in Europe, him, the prime minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. Because alphabetically it was Simpson, and Trudeau. Yeah. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Roy. So there's a lot of things that we need to talk about um, today on Beauties and the Beast, and I, I want to start with. We're going to get to Omar Cotter in a minute, but I want to start with this: the G20. And and after I mentioned Justin Trudeau's name, I feel like genuflecting and. <laughs> and And I'm sure you did every day he walked into the Parliament because that would be his wouldn't that be his expectation, or am I being a little forward?
2: well, no, but it sure brought the spotlight to me for all the wrong reasons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who's that sitting with him?
2: Yeah, well, she's a nobody, but um <laughs> you know it you know you have three hundred sets of eyes from the gallery right scouring, looking for him and her is sitting right beside him
0: <laughs> okay I have a lot of questions but I can't ask, I can't ask them right now um, So G20 we have the the 20 nations gathering we have the predictable and usual violence and this time it really really got ugly on the streets of Hamburg. For some reason, the mayor of New York City, de Blasio, decided the day after a female officer was assassinated, or just a police officer, it doesn't matter whether it's female or male, it's a horrific situation, police officer was assassinated. De Blasio skips the inauguration or the swearing-in of new NYPD members and scurries off to Hamburg to be the keynote speaker at a protest meeting, protesting the G20. There are all sorts of activities going on. And the importance of G20, I, I, a lot of us wonder, there's G7 and then there's G20. Catherine, you're the business person. What's the significance of these, these, these people meeting for a couple of days, making pronouncements, and then going home and doing exactly the opposite?
1: Well, yeah, for starters, it's all optics, no substance. Um, I suppose, meetings of whatever kind have to take place and should take place, substantive meetings among heads of countries and the finance ministers and so on. But these are all photo ops. uh, And and I've been reading about this. You know, the G20 has now been around for almost 20 years. It was 1999 that it started. Um, And it was woefully incompetent in terms of the uh, financial meltdown of 2008. These are the kinds of things the G20 was supposed to have been created to do something about, and it hasn't. And what bothers me and a lot of people is that it increasingly just looks like another arm of the UN. And the UN is a big, hoary bureaucracy that costs a fortune, accomplishes little if anything, puts people like Saudi Arabia on their women right, women's rights committees, and you know, Iran on their or on their human rights committees, and all this insanity. Why do we need another costly bureaucracy? This, I, I was noticing a quote from the former Bank, Bank of England head, and he said the main thing the G- G20 does is create jobs for security people and journalists. And nothing personal, Roy, but I don't think that's a good enough excuse to have it. Well,
0: I'm not in Germany. No. I
1: know, but you're a journalist.
0: <laughs> but I'm not in Germany. No. no. But I understand what you mean, and, and, and it's spelled H O A R Y. Exactly. That's what you were saying. That's what I was saying. So, Michelle, from the political perspective, uh, is anybody, really anybody within Parliament, excited about, keyed up about, uh, keenly involved with what's going on at G20, or are they more interested in having a nice barbecue and a cold one? Well,
2: I think G20, Roy. Uh, gives all the parties ammunition for the start of the next session. And it is wildly expensive. We saw it when we hosted it. And, you know, we spent gazillions of dollars in gazebos and fake lakes. <laughs> it, you know, it's just become stupid. It's like the um, Olympic. Like, no one can afford it. And it's, to me, I agree with Catherine. It's about photo ops. It's about feeling good. And they don't get anything substantive done.
0: No, and Linda Leatherdale, your favorite politician, Mr. Trump, was the only one to hold out against the climate change (laughs) argument. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just stood his ground on things he felt he should stand his ground, and brings a completely different perspective to the G20. Um, what are you? Uh, what are you taking well, away from this?
3: Well, no. I, first of all, I agree with both Michelle and um, Catherine that this is like a PR. Of course, episode. you know, You're three yeah. women.
0: You agree with each other. You <laughs> pick on me. <her, laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: But, but having said that, I mean, one thing I will say, Trump took the opportunity to meet with Putin and square, square it off with him. Like, did you interfere with uh, the election in the United States? And, of course, he's denied, denied, denied. Um, but so in, in some of those one-on-ones, yeah. And I think, you know, Trump is standing up, I think, for what he believes. Because, as you know, there's a lot of issues on the table. And then yeah. we've got Justin Trudeau agreeing, you know, with the climate change. He's agreeing with all these things that Trump is actually seems to be standing alone on. Um, yeah, I think he's had a couple of
0: good days. He's had a couple of very reason, reasonably good days.
3: Yes, and, but, but will anything come of it? That's the whole thing. Is, this, yeah. is, it, is there substance to this, or is this just PR? And, of course, I think the American people and even the people in Canada would say, come on, you guys fess up. There, there had to be something going on with the election, despite what they said.
0: What is going on in, in, in the background?
1: So, Not sorry, just, Roy, somebody's making margaritas.
0: What is, what is no. happening there? Can I have one? Okay, so while, while, you are, uh, while you're getting ready to do a little partying, we're going to take a break, and then we'll come back with more with Michelle Simpson, Linda Leatherdale, and Catherine Swift. I want to talk to them about the Cotter, $10.5 million, which has certainly people listening to this program, and we've talked about it a lot today. Uh, some of you have been with us for the whole route. Some of you joined us along the way. We've had a tremendous amount of, um, of response and frustration and anger expressed, both, uh, both on air and uh, certainly in emails and tweets at the Roy Green Show for Twitter, Roy at RoyGreenShow for email.
2: You mess with the ball you, you get the horns. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
0: So, an email from uh, Guido Roy listening to your show today, and I have a couple of questions. One, I heard a clip of Omar speaking of helping to restore his reputation. Which reputation? That of being a murderer, a rebel fighter, or that of being a millionaire? Let's have a listen to something that Omar Cotter said yesterday. Like I don't look at this as profiting. This is not a time for profit or for gaining or for... Uh,
2: thinking oh I did it or I hit the jackpot or whatever
0: this is this is I think a time for remembering it's a time of reconciliation sure it is sure it is sure it is all about reconciliation and the keys to the bends that's what it's about There's so many angry 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 frustrated upset people um, just it's just a nonstop rain of emails and and uh, Twitter's very active as well. and just frustration with the fact that Cotter got 10.5 million and it was shipped through very quickly on Wednesday and the check was cashed. and so now Lane Morris, the sergeant who lost his eye, uh, who's on this program with us uh, about an hour and a half ago and spoke so eloquently about Canadian soldiers he fought with and how disappointed. Those Canadian soldiers must be with what happened. And then immediately afterward, I received an email from a member of the Canadian forces saying exactly the same thing, that they're just disgusted with what took place. That's all they've talked about since Wednesday. So here Omar Cotter has $10.5 million, and he wants to reestablish his Canadian reputation. Really? Well, maybe he
1: should give some of that money to uh, the widow. That uh, would, I, that I, would I, go quite a ways toward doing that. Why doesn't he do something substantive? Why doesn't yeah, he? I, you know? well, But, you know, this whole thing, the, the settlement alone was, was quite odious, I think most people can agree. And we can dance around the fine legal points. He may well, the courts may well have awarded him that. We don't know that, but that could have happened, to, you know, to, to try sure. to be fair here. But the, the when, when I heard about the quickie dis- distribution of the money, the sneaky way it was done, when I saw Ralph Goodell trying to blame the Conservatives, which was just factually a big fat lie, uh, that's when it really started to stink for me. Yeah. That, that quick, quick, underhanded, sneaky payment, the immediate cashing of it, and, and the Goodale malarkey. And Goodale should know better. He was in the cabinet, for goodness sakes, back in the government. And don't forget, don't, don't forget, when this don't,
0: don't forget that the Kretchen government had every opportunity to try to get Cotter out of Guantanamo oh, yeah, and, and did nothing about it.
1: And so th- this this is what really, I mean, again, you can we can dance around legalities, but those those but you factors, know what, to me, were the kickers.
0: I spoke with Scott Newark at the start of the show. Many people heard uh, heard me speak with Scott. Others did not. But Scott is former crown attorney and former uh, security advisor to the federal and provincial governments. And he said he would definitely have gone to court. He would definitely have fought Cotter for that $20 million. But clearly the government didn't want any part of that. Michelle, what's your read?
2: They wanted it behind them. Exactly. And you know, it's going to come back in the election to bite them in the butt. I can see the commercial now with, you know, a uh, Cotter or a terrorist and Trudeau handing a check for $10.5 million. I don't care what Goodell says. I don't care... That it's gone through consecutive governments under your watch on Wednesday, you wear it,
0: and uh, Linda Mahar Arrar, who received ten million dollars a few years ago, and he was in very difficult straits, but I think there were still questions about Mr. Arar that weren't answered there were but, but he yeah. tw- he tweeted yesterday essentially that if you uh, those people who disagree with the settlement for for uh, Omar Khadr, that racism is involved. Oh. So 52,000 people who by yesterday had signed the Canadian Taxpayers Federation protest against the $10 million must be 52,000 racists.
3: Oh, this it, is just getting insane, Roy. Insane. You know, Catherine said a good thing when she, when she said, why doesn't he take this $10 million and give it back, perhaps to the family that he has hurt, or somebody? But the, And racism? I am so sick of that card being pulled all the time. And yep. Michelle is right. This is going to come back and bite. Do you think the so? I wonder. I hope so. Do you think I so? Hope
0: so? Yeah. yeah
2: ca- at election time, right?
0: You think you think this one has legs to be able to 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 still be uh, a major issue come the 2019 election?
1: Yep. Well, because of all the look look at the blowback you've got. I've been looking on Twitter and listening to media and stuff. Canadians a, a lot of Canadians are really really mad about this. Yeah. And justifiably so.
0: You know what's also making people angry is that when Canadians are in trouble, they receive no assistance whatsoever. And I read an email from a family member of uh, one of the two Canadians who was murdered by uh, Abu Sayyaf in uh, in uh, in the Philippines and it was such a such an emotional letter. And she didn't want to meet him. Well, I didn't want to mention her name, but so I won't. But she was out shopping, and she listened to what was going on, and went home and cried because the government of Canada did nothing—absolutely nothing—for either family. In fact, I'm going to have uh, the sister and cousin. It was arranged uh, already um, uh, on the on the air tomorrow to start the show. So what will upset people is that. For Canadians who find themselves in a situation like these two Canadians did, who lost their lives, federal government is nothing, nothing, zero. They're told to be quiet.
1: Yep,
0: it's disgusting.
1: It's and, 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 and our, our own military history. and all of the and mind you, all governments should wear that one because I believe our military has never been properly treated for decades by governments of different yeah. political stripes.
2: That's but great. when we see
1: them struggling to get any kind of a reasonable pension or whatever when they're injured to so some kind of reasonable settlement, this is when this really rubs people the wrong way.
0: Let I me mean, just read you a couple of lines from the email from the family member, of Robert Hall. And uh, she writes, My heart broke last June when at 4 a.m. his brother broke his forced silence and we knew Bobby's head had been found in a bag. <sighs> we received no help from our government, none. Sadly, if a Canadian now is in danger in another country, they are on their own. Their families are on their own. Not a cent is spent to help them. We did not expect a ransom that would have put every traveling Canadian in danger from these barbarians, but we had no help. No effort was made to rescue them, even though we know the Philippine government was ready to help us rescue them. I've talked to other families who've come out of the woodwork to share with us they've been treated the same way. We had no counsel or support from our Foreign Services Department. We were on our own. We, are, we dealt with this and have continued on thinking this is the way it is in Canada now for ordinary, everyday citizens. Wow.
1: wow. And you know what this smacks of when you compare these situations is there's no underlying morality or set of principles Every every situation, and this is my presumption. I may be dead wrong, but I don't think so. Every situation is a is a political calculation. And you're right, Michelle, when you say they wanted this one out of the way, well before the next election, with the the Arar situation, yeah, um, or Kadar, sorry, the Kadar situation. Um, and I, I think they felt there wouldn't be enough blowback politically in Canada from the the Philippines and and some other similar scenarios. So there's no principles underlying this. Every situation is a cold political calculation. All
0: right. Now I have to stop because we're at the end of our time. Aww. Aww. We'll talk next Saturday for sure. Beauties. Look forward to it.
2: Good. We look forward to it.
0: All right. We'll come back and wrap up for this Saturday right after this.